Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more order for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Download the Total Beverage app or go to TotalBev.com. Use the promo code BSN10 for $10 off your order of $50 or more. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Going to work, crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. McKinnon. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Welcome in. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I am joined alongside by someone I haven't been joined alongside in in several weeks, I think. He's coming to you live from the East Coast. Adrian Dater, how the hell are you? Good, my friend. Thank you for having me on my... (laughs) I don't think it's been that long, but... uh... I I don't think I've been on one with you in a while. I think think we've been on separate ones here over the last few weeks, but I think it's been a while since uh, the, the masses have heard you and I teamed up. Well, I know, and and for any listeners who have missed me, which I doubt are too many of you, but uh, uh, I have some new headphones and stuff, I think, that are going to work for me to be able to do any kind of remote location that should be a lot easier for me to come on any podcast. Sometimes I'm on the road, and we're all in different places, but uh, I am... uh, I'm excited about this, that I have headphones that can work, and hopefully pe- people can hear me very well, and uh, yeah. I'll be on a lot more podcasts, and uh, it's good to be with you. I'm coming from uh, coming to you live from my buddy Chris Spaulding's house in West Lebanon, New Hampshire, where uh, I grew up near, and uh, so it's good to be here to cover the Bruins game yesterday. We're going to talk uh, Avs Islanders breakdown, Avs Bruins breakdown, and uh, maybe you'll hear from Chris himself. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it, man. I uh, miss talking to you guys, definitely. I, I so, know. Glad yeah, to be here. Me too. You and and you sound great. The headphones are working. You sound good. Perfect. Good. 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 <laughs> uh, so, AD, last year when the Avs went into Brooklyn, it was maybe a bit more exciting for you. <laughs> um, but uh, Avs dropped the uh, dropped the game to the Islanders in overtime. Big surprise, big surprise. But it was a little bit of a different overtime than normal. AD, you were there. You were at Barclays Center. How did this year different uh, differ from last year for you? Oh, man. I mean... <laughs> No major blockbuster trade. Uh, that was the big difference. Uh, yeah. <laughs> last time I was there, it was uh, Matt Duchesne coming off the ice early in the first period, and, and the next thing you know, uh, you know, my version of uh, World War Three happened. Uh, it was it was a crazy night. Matt Duchesne got traded that night, uh, and uh, the reverberations are still being felt today from it. This time. Uh, pfft, 
At least the Yavs got a point. Last time, I think the final score was six to one, a loss, <clears throat> and uh, um, it was a crazy day in a way. I drove in from uh, New Jersey, uh, parked my car for four hours, overstaying a meter on Flatbush Avenue, which is right near the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Did not get a ticket. Got there back go. in my car. Surprisingly, no ticket. I had to drive though into Manhattan to get my son uh, a Nintendo thing from the store in Manhattan that you can only get in Manhattan. Keep in mind, <laughs> you cannot get it anywhere else. I had to get him a hoodie. It's his birthday tomorrow. Tommy Dater's fifteen tomorrow. Hey. And so I parked for about ten minutes while I ran into the store. I kind of. Went on. I thought it was a legal spot, and of course, I get a ticket <laughs> in the ten minutes I'm there. Sixty-five dollar ticket. Oh my uh, god! And uh, yeah, so that, but the, but the so crazy day. But the game itself, you know, ah, I mean, unbelievable overtime again. Um, I thought the Avs are going to win that one. I just kept yeah. waiting to jump out of my you know chair and say they finally won a game and. <laughs> And they didn't. They didn't. They lost it again. Uh, I thought the Avs really outplayed the Islanders, though, for a long part of that game. And mm-hmm. and same with the Bruins game, which we'll get into. But uh, yeah, different game, but uh, different different night, different everything. But God, same result of late overtime loss. Uh, yeah. God, so frustrating, right? It, well, it, it's it's insanely frustrating to watch. Oh my, yes. And. So you were there. You went into that locker room after an yeah. overtime where they finally they first of all they made it out of the first minute, so that was a win. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then they, I thought they were the better team for almost all of overtime uh, in both games over the weekend, but especially the Islander game. What was that mood like after you went into the room where it's it's all right now you've outplayed your opponent in overtime and you still lost? What was the mood like in the room? I mean, frustrated, uh, very frustrated. They uh, they know they have to get two points a game right now. They've lost the cushion that they had built up earlier in the year. Now they're playing from behind, catch up hockey, playoff hockey in the standings, and and it's tough to do. They're four points out right now from a playoff spot. Uh, I would characterize the room as uh, you know not not a you know not a funeral parlor, but um, you know much. I mean they. Keep in mind, they just lost uh, two nights before to another overtime game to the Washington Capitals in a game that I don't think they thought they deserved to get any points, really, though. Uh, they still did, they got one. Um, mm-hmm. And this one, they just thought they deserved the two, but they're also really mad and frustrated at themselves for some of the mistakes they keep making. I mean, talking to you know, Gabe Landeskog after the game, not shooting on that that open net that he had was he was very, very mad at himself over that. Um, He never gets really animated about much, but he was really beating himself up over that decision to pass the McKinnon there. I mean, that arguably was the turning point of the game, him not shooting that puck. Now he may have had it blocked. There was a defender there. I forget who it was for the Islanders and he made a great play on that against Mm -hmm. McKinnon. But you know, the fact is, Landeskog passed up 
a shot in the slot area with no but no goalie in net. Um, well, I, and I think that was my thing too. Is when he made when he first made the pass to McKinnon, I didn't have that big of a problem with it because yeah, there there was a there was a defender back checking, um, but. Yeah, once he made the pass, McKinnon was in a much worse spot to shoot than he was. Yep. And uh, you can see why that one bothered Landy and, so much. And didn't he have it on his backhand too, McKinnon? Yeah. Um, yep. So that just was – that's a lot harder shot to make and the D-man could – to get on him a little easier because of that. He couldn't one-time anything. Mm. So that was the big takeaway from the locker room after the game was McKinnon – or Landis God being really upset with himself. Uh, you know he's the captain and he knows he should have scored there would have been his 30th goal probably would have won the game uh and uh you know it's it's but it's it's like so symptomatic of what they do wrong in overtimes even when they're playing well they just they can't finish anything right they they overpass this overpassing thing has become such a unbelievable problem right now you know yeah yeah. And and that and exhibit A was that just stop trying to be so fancy. I think the players think that and know that, but they keep doing it. And that mm-hmm. was the biggest if they miss the playoffs over that, I mean that that'll be a metaphor for the second half of the season, how they just got too fancy, overpassed, overcomplicated the game, and all they needed to do was tap in an empty net goal, really. You know? Right. So and, and how much of that overpassing AD do you think is is the guys on this team just wanting to all right, I'm gonna pass to him because I wanna make sure that someone's open. Or it's just you're overthinking, you're over processing, yep. you're squeezing the stick. Do you think it's that or do you really think that or do you think they are just really trying to make too pretty of a play? I think they're I think they're caught in this netherworld of being unselfish and being the nice guy and wanting to be a good teammate. And, you know, instead when they should just like, nobody cares about you being a nice guy. Just score the goal yourself. You don't need to be the hero and set up your friend, you know, put the puck in the net. AD, we have some breaking news here. Uh Uh-oh. Tyson Jost recalled from the Colorado Eagles. Wow. Okay. So good breaking news. So, uh, uh, Anton Lindholm was sent back down. Tyson Jost recalled. So there wow. you go. So the okay. uh, Tyson Jost AHL experiment is over. Before we go to a break, let me ask you, what do you think this has done for Tyson Jost? Are you expecting more out of him? Because he started to get hot. The last week he, he was he was pretty hot uh, playing for the Eagles. Do you think this is going to help him and, and re-energize the abs? Or do you think that he maybe should have just stayed with the Eagles for the rest of the year? No, I think this could – I think this should help him. I think that uh, this, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the view that, that that what happened with Tyson Jones in a miniature version uh, will happen to him the same that happened to Miko Rantanen when he went back to San Antonio for that most of that year. Mm-hmm. I mean that's my hope. I mean he's got the talent. Um, hopefully the Avalanche can sort of settle down maybe in their expectations of him a little bit. I mean yeah. it's clear that the Avalanche. Don't have you know a, a seventy point guy on their hands here, okay? Uh, but you know, even these last bunch of games. I mean, I don't think they've won a game since Joe's got sent back, right? So <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's his fault. <laughs> um, so uh, I think it'd be you know. 
hopefully the same thing happens for him that happened to JT Comfer when he missed all that time and came back and lit the world on fire. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm back on the Joe's bandwagon as far as just, he's a, he's a good talented kid who just let him play. Mm-hmm. Stop expecting, you know, number 10 pick overall. And then the whole like 60, 70 point expectations. If we get 30 to 40 points from Tyson Joe's now, Let's let's just be happy with that, because because right now, you know, Carl, big old Carl. Um, yeah, I've always said this that I don't think he's a top six forward. Um, and, well, okay, let me rephrase that. All right, Carl needs. It's fine to call Carl a second line center, and maybe Jose is better built as a third line center. That's fine, but. Those two need to sort of feed off each other and just su- supplement each other better. And I, and I you know, I, I just think that you know Tyson Joe's coming back if he can just, um, you know, p- play with the, the 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 knowledge that he's a talented guy and, and it's going to come and not and and Jared Bednar though can't dump him on the fourth line. No fourth line stuff at all for him. So. I don't know. I guess I'm torn a little bit between the Carl thing and second, third line, whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is, just let him come back and 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 not have to be this, the hero here. But also, hopefully, he comes back with a really big attitude of like, "Got him back," and uh, I learned something down there, and I, I'm scared straight now. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know. So, well, didn't, the guy didn't play I... very well, but that's. I just think that he's. You know, this is this is a good thing that I think that they send him down, and and uh, you know I think that uh, you know when you get scared like that as a player, I think he's I think it I think I'm optimistic and he's going to do well. I agree, and and for me, and and I know I can already feel the people rolling their eyes, but my example always on this kind of stuff is Tyson Berry. You remember in 2013-14, he made the team out of camp. They sent him back. They, they sent him down. He just wasn't playing well enough. And when he came back up those few weeks later, I mean, he's been with the Avs ever since. He's been an elite point producer from the blue line ever since. You know, ob- there's the obvious caveats with Tyson Berry. No one's taking that. You know, no one's saying that, that those aren't still true. But, um, yeah, the the, the – you look at Tyson Berry in 13-14 and what just a small stint in the AHL. Like you said, scare him straight a little bit. Get their head right, and uh, and it can make all the difference in the world. And for me, AD, when I see, when, when they pull Tyson Jost back up, I'd like to see him maybe on, on Carl's wing. That's, yeah, that's fine Tyson, with me. Tyson Jost is, a, is an incredibly responsible two-way guy. Uh, you know, you hitch him with, with a guy like – uh, Kerfoot and Soderberg. I think I think you got a decent second line there. You put Comfer in between Calvert and Agreer. You got you you know you've got some nice grit. You've got a line that's gonna dig pucks out on the wall. And your fourth line's a fourth line. You know Matt Nieto, Sheldon Drives, and I don't know if I'd go with Greer on the third line right now. Um, he had weird. a he had a decent game in Boston. He got some nice minutes. Uh, yeah, he's too slow though. Um, his You're skating really isn't good skating. enough. His, his, his skating isn't good enough, I don't think, for a top top nine role. I don't know. I I keep thinking that, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm worried about the kid. I, I don't I, – I've seen him enough now where, where I think that the skating is a problem. Uh, 
Let, let's not get into that right now. Yeah, no, and the AJ Greer conversation is is something for another time. But to me, that's where I think Tyson Jost fits in best for the rest of the year. Then you can reevaluate in the summer based on how he, uh, you know, finishes up these twenty some odd games. Yeah. Um, but drop him next to drop him next to Carl. There's no harm. Okay, I'm down with that. I mean, yeah, I dude. think it's going to be great to have a talented forward back in your lineup for these last yeah. 28 games. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I don't want to give up on Tyson Joes at all. So I'm, I'm excited by this, and I'm I'm glad we broke the news here on the pod. Uh, right. <laughs> that yeah. Must have, that honestly just happened when we were on the air here. So uh, yeah, good did. news. Good news. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and jump to our first break here. When we come back, Avs Bruins. Yet another overtime loss, but there was something almost historic about this, uh, about this one. This is a BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area. If I was a customer looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency, hands down, is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you. That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a one time a year follow up that he will sit back and review your file with you. Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible. He's a great person to not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well. If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN. Welcome back in segment number two here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I'm your host, Jesse Montano. I'm with Adrian Dater, who is back east follower. He was following the abs on their on their most recent uh, road trip. The abs are back in action at Pepsi Center tomorrow against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We will actually be uh, some of the tickets we gave away a few weeks ago in, in uh, one of the suites. I'll be there tomorrow. I'll be there with all of you guys who won those tickets in the suite, uh, watching the abs take on the Maple Leafs. For anybody that did it last time knows it's an awesome experience. Very much looking forward to it. AD, over the weekend, the abs uh, played back-to-back matinee games, which was kind of interesting, and they went into Boston. Now, I mentioned before the break that it was a bit historic that they lost in overtime uh, to the Bruins, and... The reason it was maybe not historic, but that was the first Avs loss in Boston since 1998. Mm. And uh, AD, you were there, and you also have someone with you who was there. Yes, I'd like to introduce my lifelong best friend since eighth grade in high school, uh, Chris Spaulding. Say hello, Chris. Hey, Jesse. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be uh, talking to you today, and uh, hello to Avs Nation. <laughs> hello, Chris. hello. Chris is my friend from uh, from eighth grade. Who uh, we're we're still we're still we're still buddies. Fifty years later, almost. Um, 
Chris was at the game, so he's going to talk a little bit about that. He's uh, he's more of a football fan. That means football, meaning soccer. But uh, he, he was at the game, and he's going to break it down a little bit. But uh, I know. I can't believe that. 1998 was the last time the Avalanche lost a game in Boston. Amazing. And I think I know what happened in that game. Uh, no, actually, I'm wrong on that. Yeah, no, I'm wrong on that. There was a game. Uh, it might have been that year. I don't know. I remember the game they lost in Boston was a game when Yui Krupp scored into his own net on a oh. delayed penalty. For uh, So the Avalanche get a delayed call. Goalie comes off the ice, probably Patrick Waugh. Yui Krupp from the Avalanche shoots it back down, trying to gain some possession time, but the puck goes in their net. So oh. I remember I remember what I wrote was that the, that was the that was the first time a player with the number 4 scored for the Boston Bruins in in Boston uh, with Yui <laughs> Krupp number 4 Bobby Orr, of course number 4 <laughs> yeah, right. Now Jesse Jesse it's ironic but I was actually at that game in 98 the no last time, the last time the uh, Bruins <laughs> were able to beat the Avalanche in Boston Spalding jinx and oh, okay. uh, and I'll tell you it, if from a from a guy I haven't seen the Avs play other than on television, so mm-hmm. as, as kind of an outside observer, you know I think they're a good team. Like I, I don't know the ins and outs of the Avalanche like you and Adrian do, but I saw a team lot yesterday that that hustled, that killed penalties, that mm-hmm. had that good goaltending, that created plenty of goal scoring opportunities. And I mean, if I had just if, if this is if I didn't know anything other than what I saw yesterday at TD Gardens, I think the Avs are certainly a playoff caliber team. Even though that's a long shot at this point, I think they're a good team. I think they've got potential. Not quite a long shot, but yeah, it's longer shot. They're four yeah. points back with twenty eight. Okay, games to go. so that's, that's not bad. But I think it like perhaps having a little perspective, like being someone who can step back from the emotion and the day to day following of the team. I think you do have the making of a good team, and Adrian's going to check out an amazing prospect tomorrow. So I think things. I know it's tough for Avs fans right now, but you guys, I think it's possible you guys can squeak in the playoffs, and I think you've got a good future. Well, see, now, now I, I love what you said there, how you said someone who on the outside can step back from the emotion, because you do. I think that's a lot of it, where you know fans want their teams to do well and, and things like that. But that's one thing that we've been talking about for a long time, is, is the Avs have a good team, they're just not playing well. And, and they did play well yesterday, uh, at, like you said, at, at TD Gardens. Absolutely. I, thought- I, I, think, I have to agree with you. And, and, you know, and if the Avs had pulled it out, I know they had that – that breakaway there with, you know, oh. in a, in a, when they were down two people towards the end of that double power play, yeah. a great save there uh, uh, for the Bruins. But, you know, it, it would have been uh, – it would not have been an upset if the Avs had taken it yesterday because they, they played well enough to win, just came up short. Jesse, I, I thought the Avs played their best game in a long time yesterday. I thought they were the much better team. Um, <laughs> they just couldn't finish. Yaroslav Halak, of course. <laughs> Who's had a very good year for the Bruins, actually. But, yeah. I mean, come on. He just played way over his head, I thought. I have Making to agree. a bunch of saves that he shouldn't, he didn't even see. That McKinnon breakaway on the shorthanded, that was that was a key play of the game. That was a turning point in the game. Yeah. Mac just, Mac took a, one too many deeks, right? I thought he was going to go up top. little snipe up, up top. I think he had a hole there, but he kind of went for that extra deke. Went low. And uh, Halak made the pad save. Well, Halak did what you have to do as a goalie in that situation where the guy's breaking in. Like, you just got to get deep. You got to get deep in your goal, and you got to get big. And he did what he needed to do. But how about that Avs' first goal? What a beautiful goal that was. Uh, I had a perfect sick, view of it. Sick mitts by – I know. By the way, I, Chris uh, – so I got Chris a ticket to the game. Mm-hmm. I just want to say the Boston Bruins 
Avalanche fans who bitch about ticket prices. Um, here's what happened yesterday. I got Chris a ticket to the game, right? Uh, you know, my, my lifelong friend, my treat, sort of Christmas, late Christmas present. $99, the ticket price for the upper bowl. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, I Unbelievable! Know. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. I've never seen. I, what would the equivalent like, be for a, for an Avs home game? I mean, I think the Avalanche upper bowl tickets are forty to fifty bucks tops. Really? Yeah. And so ninety nine was the price in Boston. But yeah, Chris Chris saw plenty of the action. Uh, we had a big BSN meetup uh, after the second period. A lot of uh, probably seven or eight BSN subscribers and Avs fans met met up with me uh, in the upper upper. After the second period, and that was a great that was a great thing. Yeah, uh, a lot of Avs fans in Boston. Uh, so yeah, Chris, Chris. I mean, what did you think about like what's your takeaway on the Avalanche when when the game happened? Like, what do you think? What was the most number one thing you're gonna remember about watching Colorado play that game? Well, I think actually the, the goal that didn't count for the Bruins that was <laughs> did you see that goal? Did that you see was it? wild. It, 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 off the top of the glass and took a crazy bounce, and that was pretty wild. I had a great view of that. That's what I'll take away the most. Yeah. But here's a question for you, Jesse. Okay. Like stepping back, like second half of the season, if if things really go well, how far? I mean, do you think the Avs are going to make the playoffs? Do you think they can make a little bit of a mini run here? Um, well, it, <laughs> it all depends. I know. If, right? if, in your mind, if, like if they get goaltending like similar to what they got yesterday. Then yeah, absolutely. If they don't, I, I don't see it. And and the second part of your question there, how far do I think they could go? To me, this year, when this team is playing like they were yesterday. Now, obviously, you're not going to get that performance every night, but when you're on that right. that level, uh, to me, this is a second round playoff team. And, and I think that's what makes all the losing even more frustrating is this team at max capacity is a really good team. Uh, I have to and, agree. I have to agree with you. I think they are a good and, team. And I think you saw that yesterday. Um, was it yesterday? Yeah, today's Monday. Yeah, right? okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you know, you saw it yesterday. So <laughs> it's, it, it makes all the losing and all the struggling that much more frustrating when you, when you know how good this team can be. You know, it's interesting, Jesse. Also, like, you saw a pretty decent smattering of Avs fans at the game yesterday in Boston. Yeah. And I was very I was very impressed. They were vocal. They had the jerseys on. Often they were entire Avs families. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was like 85% you know, percent Bruins fan because it's in Boston. But the Avs fans that were there, they were proud. They were vocal. And, like, they, were, they, they made a nice presence. So they really, like, they were well-behaved but enthusiastic. So really a nice impression made. Uh, by Avs fans yesterday. Well, hey, Avs yeah. fan out there, pat yourself on the back. That is quite the compliment because with Denver being the uh, relocation city it is, we have a lot of uh, a lot of away fans at, at Pepsi Center. Right. So it's nice to hear that Avs fans represent themselves well. So good job, everyone. A lot of a lot of Avs fans back east. So um, I've noticed that a lot of, especially when you, you know go to Montreal. That's when you, I think you see the most. A lot of ex Nordiques fans still want to go cheer against the Canadians. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, you know, Jesse, that game yesterday, honest to God, I mean, I thought the Owls were going to win it like five times in overtime yeah. again. And it's if you want to know what the move was like in the locker room after yeah. that, it was 
frustration times two from Brooklyn. Um, it was, it was like, oh my god, what do we got to do? I mean, I used the word curse in my story, which I don't, you know, I use probably use that too lightly. Um, having grown up in Boston area and the curse of the Bambino and the whole thing, but honest to God, I mean, you know, it's like. It really is a thing now, right? You're expecting the worst in overtime. And, if, and it, it's getting ridiculous, though. Like, they dominated the first three minutes of overtime. They should have won easily two or three times. Matt Calvert, I thought, was going to win the game. I think that would have been the most poetic justice of the game, that Matt Calvert won it. Because I think he was – you know, why is Matt Calvert on the ice in overtime, first of all? <laughs> you know, that was a big thing, I thought. I hadn't seen him all year in overtime. So, and here he is. That's a good point. Well, and he gets stopped, and then, of course, he's the unlucky goat at the end of the game when the puck nicks off his yep. heel on a Brad Marchand shot that Varley would have easily stopped, but it hits Calvert's heel and goes in. I mean, the, the picture we have up on the BSN site now with Calvert sort of looking at the sky, like, <laughs> oh, my God, how that that set that set it all in the locker room, um, and, and no one wants to get beat on a Marshawn goal. I'm fully aware, even as a Bruins fan, yeah, I get it completely. Uh, he's a, yeah, he's he's so, a good player, right? We'd all love him, but so yeah, that's interesting, AD, that you point that out about Matt Calvert being on the ice. So it was funny, actually, when when he first came over the boards, I turned to AJ. And I said, why is Matt Calvert on the ice? And he almost went and won it. So I almost looked really dumb. But <laughs> he had a great backhander chance. I thought it was in. He, but Halak, Halak was just, oh, I was mine yesterday. So what, really. did you, what did you think of the overtime approach? It's something we've talked about for a long time. Have they got to do something different? A lot more defensive heavy players played in overtime yesterday. Yeah. And yeah. perhaps yeah. the most notable, Tyson Berry did not play in overtime yesterday. Yeah, no, I thought it worked. Uh, it should have been a win over that. I mean, big, big move there by Jared Bednar not to play Tyson no, Berry. Tyson in overtime. Berry. I should, I should have made more about my story. Uh, yeah, and who else wasn't on there? Was it? Uh, was 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 somebody else benched that normally uh, out there? You were no, about not, to say not Jesse? that I saw, but I mean, you saw okay. Calvert, you saw Zadorov, you saw Soderberg, you right. saw Comfer. A right. lot of guys who are normally tasked with defensive responsibilities right. got some playing time, and it seemed right. to work. The, I mean, up until the very, it, very end, it did work. It, it should have won. I mean, it was a lucky goal. Yeah, no, I think you know credit to Jared Bednar for trying something different. Finally, I mean, Tyson Berry used to win overtime games all the time. <laughs> And he should he should have won the overtime game in Washington mm-hmm. the other night. Hit the, the post. The, his shot hits yep. the crossbar. Um, I can tell you, as a Bruins fan, I was legitimately concerned for the first half yeah. of overtime. Yeah, like, like the abs were the abs were extremely dangerous for the first two and a half minutes of that of that mm-hmm. overtime period. But you know, I sensed when it was like you know the Bruins had the puck for like the full minute there before they scored the goal. Like they were just they had the puck and. You know, I don't know where it started. I think probably a lost face-off, but boy, it would be nice to win a face-off well, how, in overtime. How about that? That was one of the things I, I first noticed was they went to Carl Soderberg the last two overtimes, and did you notice how much more possession? Like Chris just said, the Avs had possession yeah. the entire first three minutes of overtimes, and that all came off the back yeah. of a couple of Carl Soderberg face-off wins. 
Right. But then they lost the last one and then, and they never got the puck back. Um, I, I have not watched the tape of that, but, uh, I think, um, you know, uh, so Johnson Calvert, who was the third, the other guy out there? Do you know? Uh, well, but I don't remember off the top of my head. I'll find so, out though during this next break. But it didn't. It didn't work there in that last pairing, that last trio. I know that they just couldn't get the puck back. Uh, I'm not sure Calvert was a brilliant choice in the end. I mean, he did have that chance, but he missed it. Of course, um, he. Uh, you know, not of course, but he just, you know, he missed it. He got a good stop against them. Uh, I'm encouraged, though, guys. Look, I mean, they got three points on this trip. They went to overtime in each each game. They should have won two of the games. It's kind of lucky breaks against them. I mean, the stupid game against the Islanders. Landy hits the open net. It's 3-1 with 10 minutes to go. They win the game. Um, the only thing that, I, you know... <sighs> It just, it just, it's just like this mental thing in overtime. I think it is. I think it is mental now. I think they're expecting mm-hmm. the worst, and they don't have any confidence when the clock strikes five minutes again. You know, they sort of stop playing the way they are, and then it's it's understandable because you only have three guys in the ice as opposed to five. But God, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. I mean, I think. I, can't remember if the record is one and ten or one and eleven now in overtime. One, one and eleven after yesterday. Okay, so yeah, it's one and eleven. Um, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, one and eleven. Uh, I I think it's mental at this point, and uh, you know, so. Uh, so uh, let's let's go to our last break here. Yeah. Before we do, March thirtieth, nineteen ninety eight, Avs at Boston. They lost four to one uh, on the back of two Anson Carter goals, and both teams going one for seven on the power play. So, was was Krupp was Krupp in that game, or was he gone by then? I think he was gone. Krupp, yeah, was was not there. Uh, he was, he was, he was around. He played nineteen fifty six and was a minus oh, one. Okay, so okay. that's the game. Yui Krupp scored in his own net. There, uh, okay, I believe gotcha. I believe it was the third goal. Yeah, because it was. Uh, I remember it very well. It was an avalanche late penalty. Uh, Wall goes off the ice. I remember that. Group throws it back. You were at that game, really? Yes, me and Jean Michel were at that. Wow, game. unbelievable! I didn't know you were at that game. Yeah, Yui Krupp throws it back to get to get to rag the puck to get more time, and but somehow nobody was there, and he went back in their own net. Yeesh. Um, and uh, yeah, Yui Krupp, number four, scores for the Boston Bruins. Hasn't happened before since. Nobody number four is going to score for the Bruins again, probably. <laughs> uh, so, so Jesse, yeah. I'm, I'm going to bow out after you go to this break. I just want to say, as a as a you know as a Bruins fan from New Hampshire, seeing the Avs play in person for the first time this season, you know I'm actually optimistic about the Avs. Like I think I saw good goaltending. I saw quality penalty killing. You guys created a lot of chances. I think you. I actually think this team's going to make the playoffs, and I agree with you. I think they can definitely make it to the second round of the playoffs. I think people have to step back, take a breath. There's plenty of time, but 
I like what I saw last night. And I just want to say thank you for having me on. Denver's a great sports city. I lived there for four years. It's been a real pleasure. And I'm uh, I'm rooting for the Avs unless they're playing the Bruins. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much for stopping by. And, and we appreciate that. And I, of all people, appreciate you telling everyone to, hey, calm down. Because I, I need to get that tattooed on my forehead. Hey, calm down. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. Thanks, Adrian. Uh, AD, <laughs> one last break here, huh? Yeah, let's do one more break and do uh, finish out the podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we've got a couple quick house cleaning things to touch on, and uh, we'll get out of here. This is the BSN Avalanche right. podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I want to remind you guys about Total Beverage and the really awesome deal they have for BSN listeners. You already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado, but now they are delivering from anywhere uh, anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And for a limited time, guys, use the promo code BSN 10 to get $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Download the total beverage app today or visit the website at totalbev.com. I also need to apologize to everyone. I, I made a mistake. I know that's hard for AD to believe. Um, but the last time we did a show, I gave you the wrong promo code for, our contest that we're running between us and, and all the other beats. AD, I know this is always one of your favorite sales when you run it because you're just as competitive as I am. And uh, and and like we told you guys on the last show, we are. We are competing with the other podcasts, the other beats to see who gets the most listeners 
to use their promo code. So if you have a renewal coming up or if you're finally wanting to just bite the bullet on getting a subscription, I gave you the wrong promo code the last time. So I'm going to give you the correct promo code this time. It was sent to me this morning by by the Big Cheese himself. Uh, so you're going to use the promo code ABS, just A B S, ABS, uh, and you're going to get that first that that year subscription for twenty nine ninety nine. So if you're coming up for a renewal, you want to get maybe that little bit cheaper price, or if you're finally ready to just bite the bullet, use the promo code ABS. And if uh, if we get the most subs, then uh, you all win free gear, you all win free swag. So it's a win win for everyone. Yeah, man. Let's let's get let's get after it, Abs fans. We're not going to lose to the, you know, the Broncos and the Nuggets or the Rockies on anything, right? We're the Avalanche fans. We're the Avalanche Nation. Put in that promo code, and let's win this thing. And we're serious. Like, tell a friend or something, because I'm not going to lose to you know the insufferable <laughs> staff of the Rockies, Nuggets, Broncos crew. Right. All right, we're not going to lose to them. They're insufferably arrogant about it. And it's time we put them in their proper place. So, so Avalanche fans, get that promo code. Let's get some subscriptions in here and let's win this thing. And you win when you do it. See, that's the thing. We're not, it's not for us, it's for you. So, yeah, let's do it. And, and if you've already got your sub and you're like, man, I, I really want to help these guys, help, help all of us out and get some, some free, you know, swag, get a subscription for a family member. If you got a family member that's a sports fan, I actually gifted a BSN subscription to my uh, my sister's husband for Christmas. Yeah. So it, uh, it, it be creative. If it's not uh, it's not if you, if you don't need one, gift one to someone else, and and it's uh, it's all great. You can also write that off on your taxes too. So hit me up on DM if you want to learn more about that. But yeah, you can write this off. You can get your money back from the government on this. So yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Ad, yep. I talked about it last week, but you were the one who was there in front of him. Joe Sackick held a bit of an impromptu press conference last week before a game. Basically, the message was, hey, we're going to stay the course. We're not going to go wild the trade deadline. What about that press conference stood out to you? And, and what were some of the, the key points that you took away? Well, it wasn't all that surprising what he said. Uh, I had written a couple days before that that, you know, Pretty much everything he said in that press conference was what I wrote two or three days before. And people people can do the math on why I thought that and wrote that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, so for Joe to say it publicly, it was, um, you know, there for everybody else to see. It, um, you know, it's totally to- – it would totally be stupid to trade – either one of those first round picks mm-hmm. for a rental player uh, to try and win this year. You have to keep the big picture in mind. This is still a, a, I don't, I'm not, I'm getting a little tired of the young team on the rise kind of thing. A lot, most teams are young now in this league. You know, the Avalanche really aren't a whole lot younger than most teams. So I'm not, I'm not buying, I'm not down with that whole thing. And I get the fans frustration where it's like, well, we're so young, we're, we don't need to worry about winning now kind of thing. Yes, you do have to win about winning now. Uh, you know, it's a win-now league. It's a win-now culture. But mm-hmm. the fact is they have the Idaho's number one pick and their own f- number one pick. And 
literally those could be the first two picks in the draft this year. It could happen. Well, AJ and I were talking the other day. You know, at the beginning of the season, you can you can be excited about the Ottawa pick and all that stuff. But but now we're in February and they're at the bottom of the NHL standing. So yeah. that, the the payoff on that pick is is starting to feel a little bit more tangible. Right, and of course Ottawa has won a little bit more recently. So you know you still have to sweat it out. Either way, they're not guaranteed to get the first pick. If even if Ottawa finishes last, of course we know this as Avalanche fans because <laughs> they got the number four pick on their forty-eight point season. That's right, and that turned into Kale McCarr, who I'm going to see tomorrow in interview. So, yeah. but the uh, Avalanche should not be tr- thinking about trading any of those young first-round picks this this year. Um, the The takeaway, otherwise, though, was like. You know, Joe has been trying to work on a trade for three or four weeks. Uh, and I, I was a little surprised by that in a way, but not totally surprised. But yet, you know, what's he been trying to do? Well, you know, I heard a rumor that Nikita Zadorov wanted to be traded. Um, so that was out there. I think things have calmed down a little bit since then. But I think maybe he's been looking around at a Zadorov trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I would hate because I think Big Z should stay. I don't want to see Big Z traded. I agree. I think Tyson Berry is the odds-on guy to get traded, and uh, before the deadline, for all huh? kinds of reasons. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, usually you get more when you wait till the summer on real pure hockey trades. Mm-hmm. Um, deadline trades tend to be more draft pick selling off. Pick, you know, team that's in the playoffs, wants to win now, trades off a couple picks to try and win now. Team that trades in the summer tends to do more of a hockey trade based on contracts and all that stuff. Right. So I think that uh, – but who's to say? I mean, I wouldn't mind more. Let's get another another number one pick this year. <laughs> let's have three picks in the first round. Let's get what we can for Barry or Zadorov, and let's, let's – you know, so – but – uh, Zadorov, I heard, wanted to be traded. Now, I've heard since that maybe it's calmed down. Um, I asked Zadorov in Washington the other day, do you want to still stay here? And the answer was an unequivocal yes. So, um, going to have to take his word for that. Right, right. You know, what he's had, the fact is he's had issues here before. You know, contract was a problem to sign last time. He got it was a healthy scratch earlier this year, and he was not happy about that at all. Mm-hmm. Felt disrespected by it. So, to me, it's going to be based on the record at the deadline, and um, if the offer is good enough for Barry, out he goes. Uh, but it's going to have to include a top six forward, or it's going to have to be a team that has picks. Maybe enough uh, pick that yeah, I think it'd have to be two picks. Three picks to give up Barry, and 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 that means you don't get a roster player back probably, but maybe a team wants to give up. You know, they'll give up a couple picks, two or three roster, pick, you know, draft picks for a Barry, but no roster player. It's gonna have to be either or. You probably get a better roster player in the summer if you wait. Either way, I think Tyson Barry is gonna be traded. That's the bottom line. It just makes more. 
It's just the numbers, the way they're matching up. Now, Kel McCarr is on his way. I also want everyone to understand, because AJ and I are doing the uh, the series of podcasts that uh, where, where you guys are writing in your own you know, mock trades. I want everyone to know that the vast majority of you are extremely undervaluing Tyson Berry. I mean, I'm seeing people mm-hmm. sending trade where it's like Tyson Berry plus a second plus a third for like maybe a second line guy. Yeah. Tyson no. Berry, again, he's got his struggles in the defensive zone. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat that. But you stack his numbers up against all the elite point-producing defensemen in the league, and he's right there. And the fact of the matter is that just that commands more money, more assets in the NHL, and he's right-handed. Uh, so he's he's going to get the abs a nice haul. Yeah, but don't, don't overlook what happened yesterday, Jesse. Like – Jared Bednar did not play him in overtime in a three-on-three game. That that says something to me more, the fact that, yeah, he's going to be traded. Um, and and I would say this to Tyson, to his face, you know, I think maybe he needs a change. And I, I think it's just time for a change from both sides. I think this is a situation where it's been really, really good partnership for several years now. You know, a lot of good moments. But I think he feels a little tired on this team and his role and his everybody. You know, I just feel like it's, a, it's time for a change for both sides. He's the last player. He's the last one of of of, of kind of the, the group of abs that I think is being extended beyond his limitations. I think he's being asked to play, uh, you know, in, in, in a – a, a, a role that's that's beyond his capabilities. I think he. I mean, he he's had forty points this year. He's had a phenomenal yeah. year from a production standpoint. Um, but I think he is. I I think he's a little bit more of a specialist, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think you look at a team like Toronto, or I I don't think you can have him go anywhere and ask him to be a true you know, top three defensemen. And I think that's what he's being asked to be here. And I think he's handled mm-hmm. it to the best of his ability, but I agree. I think it's just, um, he, he, he's going to fit in fantastically with another team and it's going to make abs fans hate themselves, uh, but that's because yeah. he's going to be dropped into an appropriate role. So it is. Yeah. And for sure he'll score our goal in the abs first game. Uh, they play. Right, right. I mean, Goes without saying, but Kale McCarr is yeah, coming. So let's, He's a right shot younger guy. Yeah, let's talk yep, about let's, him. Let's uh, tease this a bit yeah. before we get out of here. AD, you, you you mentioned it earlier. What are you doing tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to UMass tomorrow to interview Kale McCarr. Um, I'm going to do a story on him and what his thoughts are in uh, you know February twelfth, two thousand nineteen, uh, the state of his life and and what's ahead. So I put out on Twitter. Um, you know, I asked fans to give me suggestions for questions. I got about 70 so far, so I'm definitely and a lot of really good ones. Right. So I'm going to use those. Anybody else who's listening to this podcast tonight who wants to chip in, put it on uh, put it on the comment section, and I'll look at that. Yeah. And, what? Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Kale McCarr and uh, just get his thoughts on. Him. I mean, he's probably going to be on the Colorado Avalanche. Could be as early as a month from now. Or it could be, you know, no later than seven months from now. But he's going to be on the Avalanche soon. And he's he's 
He's had a hell of a year. Smokes so. as he had himself a year. <laughs> he he went back and yeah. we all said, wow, you know, I don't know how I feel about this. Let's see. If he goes back and tears it up, I'll feel good. And holy smokes, has he done that? He's done that and then yeah. some. Uh, I mean, so I'm going to see him at 4 o'clock tomorrow uh, after practice. Okay. It's uh, it's on the UMass campus, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope Avalanche fans can really chime in as much as they want on uh, suggestions to what to ask them. But, you know, the basics are going to be like, you know. How name, quick, can you help this what, team get into the playoffs right now? Yeah, what it <laughs> What can you score in yeah, overtime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my favorite. <laughs> that was my favorite question. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, it's so exciting that he's coming here, and, and this is without the first round picks that are still to be had. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm still really optimistic about the Avalanche future, but uh, I know things suck right now. But you know what? They're getting a little better. Things are changing. Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow, though. It's going to be a brutally tough game, I bet. Austin Matthews. Ah, we'll see. If it doesn't happen this year, it's, it's things are going to be so exciting starting next year. It's really going to be exciting to be an Avalanche fan next summer or next fall because, God, you're going to have a car. You're going to have Timmons. You're going to have possibly count. Probably a lottery pick. Could could be two lottery picks. Um, it's going to be a lot more exciting. And, and you- it hasn't worked out lately, but you know it's still fun to be an Avalanche fan right now. And you didn't now, even man. mention Martin Kaut right there, who's who's turning know, in a really I solid know. AHL rookie year. And and Shane Bowers, yep. who's also on the way, and you know they still got what the they own Ottawa's third round pick. That's going to be like what sixty second. That'll be another top one hundred pick. Sixty yeah. third, sixty third probably. Yeah. So I'm excited, man. Everybody should just chill out. It's uh, it's going to be fine. Uh, this team's playing better. Varley's back on his groove. So uh, let's just have some fun with it and uh, hope for the best the last 28 games. And uh, everything's going to be just fine in the long run, though. Well, there you go. I, I love to hear it, AD. And, it, and it's been great talking to you. So you guys have till 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Get in your questions right. about Kale McCarr, or not about Kale McCarr, for Kale McCarr. Uh, drop them in the comments section of uh, the website on this uh, podcast. DM them to e- AD. Reply back to his his original tweet. Do whatever you got to do. Get him to AD, and uh, he'll try to get him asked. I know you. Yeah, man. And also, I'm going to ask those questions. I'm going to tape the whole interview, and we're going to post it on a podcast either tomorrow or the next yep. day. So everybody's going to hear that McCarr interview as well. So, so yeah, we we don't always use every last quote, uh, you know, in in, yeah. a, in a written piece. But you guys are going to get everything Kale McCarr has to says has to say. Uh, when AD talks to him. Yeah, and I'm going to name the questions of the names of the people who asked me the questions. We're going to ask Kale McCart in when I'm sitting with him. This comes from, you know, Joe on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. So he's going to answer those. And uh, so this is your chance to be part of the podcast and also ask Kale McCart your own personal questions. So big day tomorrow for BSN listeners. Well, there you go. AD, I know you're uh, you're getting ready to sit down for dinner, so I won't keep you any longer. Um all right, man. Thank you, uh, thank you for you know carving some time out, you and uh, and Chris there. We appreciate it. Uh, of course. And I will talk to you here. I'm sure very soon, and and we'll talk to you. Uh, here in the yeah, next man. BSN listeners, get those codes in so we win that race. There's no way I'm we're gonna lose to uh, the rest of the BSN staff. So do that. And thank you, Jesse. Talk to you tomorrow. That sounds great. Have a good one, AD. Thank you guys so much oh, for listening. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast. He's B, he's Adrian Dater. I'm Jesse Montano. Thank you guys for listening.